Hello and welcome to another Addictions Edited interview. Today we are talking about the NIHR-funded Stepping Stones study, led by Dr Polly Radcliffe and Professor Helen Chain. I'm talking to Polly and the soon-to-be Dr Emma Smith, one of the research team, about their work on the study. Uh, thank you both so much for joining me today. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. So your study looks at treatment for pregnant women and for mothers who use drugs. Can you describe some of the current challenges that, that face pregnant women in accessing treatment services? Well, we know that um, women who use drugs have lots of other complex needs and, and comorbidities. In terms of accessing health treatments when they're pregnant, um, both maternity services and substance use treatment, there are lots of fears around child protection involvement and the removal of children, um, which can be a barrier for, for, for women to, um, you know, present to maternity services uh, and to fully engage in drug treatment services, particularly if they've had previous children removed. Um, is it just illicit drugs or um, are you looking at alcohol too? It's illicit drugs. It's um, opioid use, benzodiazepine use and um, stimulant use, so cocaine and, and um, amphetamines, um, but not alcohol because we think that that's a different population and that would be a different study probably. So you're looking at some of the models of best practice um, in this area. Is, is this a, a gap in the current literature? Is there not much known about how to provide uh, high quality treatment for pregnant women? Yeah, we, um, what we're interested in is the kind of care pathways um, and, and how women who are pregnant and who are dependent on drugs experience the, the care pathways and the services that are provided for them. And actually, although there are there are lots of um, good practice guidance and and policies, we don't know very much about uh, kind of nationally what the picture is. We know that the outcomes can be quite different for women in different parts of the UK. So in different places, you know, um, there's. There are different rates of removal of babies from uh, at birth, for example, uh, from women who use drugs. And there are different um, kind of treatment protocols for, um, you know, uh, babies who may be um, experiencing neonatal abstinence syndrome or withdrawing from drugs that they've been exposed to um, in, in, in utero. So, yeah, we know that there are different patterns of care and different sort of arrangements of services, different ways in which um, maternity services work with substance use treatment and, and, and um, children's social care, child protection services. And that is very variable across the country. Um, so um, yeah, what we're interested in is, is identifying what those patterns are really. So uh, are there any other major longitudinal qualitative studies in the UK or, or abroad that this, that this study builds on? Yeah, no, we don't have longitudinal, a longitudinal um, study of pregnancy and, and substance use, but there is, um, yeah, there have been lots of other um, longitudinal studies in health um, that, that um, you know, that we are informed by. There's a, a study of people living with HIV um, in in Eastern Europe, which was conducted by 
researchers from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, and they used diaries actually um, uh, for the research participants. Um, so that's that's one of them that uh, a study that has sort of you know influenced us. Um, but yeah, no longitudinal qualitative research. Um, there's 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 a kind of a wide literature, um, which which we're we're sort of drawing from. So whilst you've been looking at um, addiction treatment uh, for uh, pregnant women um, in the UK, have you come across any examples of of, of good or, or of best practice that you want to explore further? Well, um, I mean, one of the sites in which we're working, we know, um, has um, a service which is uh, especially um, designed for women who use drugs who are both pregnant and have small children. And it's those, uh, you know, like a one-stop, provides a one-stop shop um, kind of service um, that women can receive um, maternity care. They can they can get advice um, about housing, sexual health, um, domestic abuse, all kind, you know, services come to, it's like a sort of, um, as I say, a one-stop shop. So that that kind of integrated model Mm. where social services work hand in hand with um, maternity services and, and other support services is really, I think, you know, the kind of service that, that women um, are more likely to engage with and, and really, you know, more likely to meet their needs. So that's one model that you're interested in looking at, um, but you're also planning to look at a range of models or as many as, as you can identify uh, are there any other models that you're aware of at the moment um, and how are you going to collect and compare all of these well I mean um, one of the bits of work that the research fellows have been working on you know really since the the study got up and running which is only you know since the beginning of October and as as um, Emma said she's she's only been on the on the project since uh, November, um, is that they've been um, conducting a scoping review of good practice guidance and, and policy documents. So as sort of hand in hand with doing the empirical research, we're also have been kind of gathering UK documents, uh, which, which will, you know, really give us a good idea about the, the sort of range of uh, service arrangements that there are. I mean, in 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 terms of what what we know um, from previous research, um, so I've described the integrated model. I mean, in places where, um, you know, in rural communities, for example, where it's more difficult for um, for women to travel into one um, service, there'll be different ways for specialist midwives. Um, who are, you know, have have some knowledge of substance use, for example, um, to to provide services in the community. So they may do a bit more travelling, you know, out to places. And one of our sites is actually, you know, semi-rural in in Scotland. Um, so so we'll 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 see, you know, how those kind of things, um, you know, the 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 kind of urban rural um, contrast. You know, means that, that services are delivered in different ways. Um, so, so an integrated model 
may work better in in you know in places like you know London or or Glasgow where we're also um, going to be doing research. Emma, um, how's that process been going? Uh, you know, what kind of variety of models and protocols and clinical guidelines um, have you found and, and how do they compare? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because we've been doing the scoping review across the, the four nations um, and within we're seeing a lot of differences within the different nations, but also a lot of them are kind of just referring to sort of national NICE guidelines about how to care for these women. So within that, there's a little bit of variation, but the majority are kind of referring back to the, to the primary NICE guidelines, which deal with uh, complex, complex care of women who are pregnant who also use drugs. So if, if you're looking at women's experiences throughout pregnancy and, and through the 18 months after birth, um, what do you think will be the main types of professionals that they would interact with, um, the, the different people who might help with addiction treatment or, or, or with other needs? Well, I mean, you know, it'll be their substance use practi practitioners if they're engaged in treatments. Um, it'll be their GP uh, sometimes um, and midwives. Um, uh, but might also be health visitors. Uh, and if they're involved with social services, you know, social workers. But I mean, one of the things that we've found in, in previous research is that, you know, women, this kind, kind of population are very often involved in lots of different services and, you know, often rushing around from appointment to appointment. Um, so which is, which is why, you know, we're hoping that we can make recommendations for more integrated care and, and the sort of one-stop shop approach, you know, it does lend itself to, you know, helping women to engage. So, you know, sometimes they're also having to see probation officers, you know, sometimes they're also, you know, dealing with issues with housing, domestic abuse, you know, a whole range of things. And sometimes with it, if they've got older children who have, you know, chronic um health problems you know they're also you know involved in 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 you know taking them to uh, to um appointments and 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 seeing those professionals so they'll mm -hmm. there will be a real network of um agencies and um professional organizations involved I mean, just capturing that would be an achievement itself, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, just mapping out everyone that this group of women comes into contact with. When I've done a research previously with, you know, with with women who who have used drugs in pregnancy, you know, very often they've been, you know, in treatment. But they, they've, you know, the organised ones come with kind of these kind of bristling, um you know, diaries full of all their appointments and they're, you know, they really do, they are very busy and they have mm -hmm. to keep a real, really good track of where they have to be at what time. Very often, you know, without access to their own cars and, you know, mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. And they get really, you know, uh, when, when, when these women don't turn up to appointments on time, you know, it's really noticed and it seemed to be, deemed to be significant. So yeah, I guess one of the other sort of um, things that they we're interested in is, is, is kind of countering and addressing some of the stigma around substance use in pregnancy. Um, and hopefully, you know, that again will be some of the recommendations that we're able to make. 
So um, uh, one of the core principles of, of midwifery is is a woman-centred care, meaning things like ensuring that women have positive experiences as well as positive clinical outcomes, um, that they're experts of their own experience and, and that they have individual needs that are recognised. Um, there are principles of continuity of care and of choice. Um, but woman-centred care isn't always a priority in every setting. And there are lots of instances where, where there's this, this tension between the the needs or rights of, of the woman and of her fetus, embryo or, or child. Um, how will your study consider those tensions and, uh, and the application of, of woman-centred care? Something we're all obviously really interested in is the women's experiences and how they perceive the experiences and how they perceive their interactions with the people providing care. And I think it's important to demonstrate the importance of non-judgmental care and how important that actually is for the women and their uh, well-being and their outcomes. So I think that's something else we're really interested in. So one of the things that you're doing is setting up an expert advisory and co-production group. Uh, why is co-production so important to this study and how is that being embedded in, in what you do? Yeah, so, so I mean, we're all encouraged now in, as health researchers to include um, stakeholders and people with lived experience of, of health problems, not just you know, in, in as sort of at, at the end of of in the outputs, that not not just as the audience for research, yeah. um, but also in the design uh, and in the um, you know at various stages of of the research. And the point is that you know by checking in with people who have lived experience of um, substance use in pregnancy, then you're, you're really kind of making sure that the kinds of questions that you're asking are the right ones in the right way. And we have um, peer researchers who are it, based at the University of Stirling and who are linked to the Service User Research Group at King's, who are supporting um, women with lived experience to, to kind of to take part you know, one of our ideas is to do a timeline and um, so to, to ask women in the interviews, in the empirical research, to to take us through their sort of, you know, previous hist histories and, you know, significant life experiences. And, and so we've checked in with women with lived experience to how acceptable that, those kinds of um, instruments are also, you know, we, we've got this idea of getting women who, who take part in the research to complete diaries. So that might be either, you know, writing, you know, writing a, in a notebook um, between our interviews with them, or it might be audio recording on their phone, you know, significant events that just as a kind of memo really so that they're then able to recall these events when they when they talk to the researchers again or they could they might also want to take take photographs that they discuss with with the researchers the idea in the research is that we we interview them five times um during their pregnancies and and postnatally so I, I saw that you were planning to use audio recordings and drawings uh, in your plans. Uh, how are these going to feed into your findings? So the, the, we, we're going to ask them in the, in the first interview or, or around about the first interviews, we're going to ask them to, to draw a timeline. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, 
and the idea is really that that sort of facilitates their talking to us about um, their their previous experiences. So that they, those are previous experiences of of treatment services, of drug use, uh, when they may have started using drugs, but but you know previous care journeys that they've experienced, um, maybe previous pregnancies. Um, and 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 the kinds of experiences that they have of of the range of services that they've been um you know involved with over the years and in terms of the audio diaries we're aiming to be flexible really about how women use diaries and we think that some women who we who take part in the research may be keen to you know record themselves on on, on their phones every couple of weeks so that they can you know remember things to talk to the researchers about others may be less keen or they might be going through really traumatic experiences and not what you know not want to do it I haven't used audio diaries or or, or diaries previously in research but but there's a you know a real literature around using diaries to kind of as a sort of a way of eliciting you know rich accounts with with, with you know with research participants so you're following 40 women through their pregnancy and up to a year and a half after birth. To a certain extent, you'll, you'll be guided by their experiences, I guess. Um, but are there any kind of particular or specific outcomes that you're, you're looking at? What, what we're hoping to do is to, you know, based on the empirical research, to identify what we've called um, archetypal care pathways, care journeys, and to to identify distinctive patterns and arrangements of, of care journey for this group of women. And we want to check those out, you know, in, in focus groups with stakeholders to as a kind of a, a way of checking with them whether they recognize that that kind of um, kind of trajectory for, for this this population. And um, I mean it's it's a little bit of an empirical unknown. We know we've got a, some idea of the sorts of pathways that exist. So we're we're going to be doing research in four different sites. So one in London, one in um, Leeds, and two in Scotland. One of which is NHS Greater Clyde and Glasgow, and the other is NHS Ayrshire and Arran. So was there anything in the new drug strategy that specifically referred to um, pregnant women and to treatment services? So I, if I could jump in, I reviewed that as part of the scoping review and throughout the entire document, it isn't mentioned at all. Not uh, the, specific, the specific population we're looking at, which is pregnant women who use drugs, is not, is not mentioned at all during the document. It's a, it's a long one, so you'd, you'd think it would show up at some point, but no. <laughs> Well, uh, hopefully some of the extra money and staffing will have a, a knock-on impact, but I guess you'd hope for something a bit better than a, than a knock-on impact. And finally, for people who want to know more about this study, uh, where should they look? So we have a Twitter account that people can look at. It's at StepStones Twitter, which we'll be consistently updating with updates of the study as we go on. We also have a uh, Stepping Stones webpage on the King's College uh server which gives information on the study if anyone's interested and if anyone would like any additional information you can contact us at our email if you look on the website it has all of our contact information so if you'd like any additional information please get in touch
Uh, wonderful. Thank you so much to Dr. Polly Radcliffe and to the soon-to-be Dr. Emma Smith for uh, talking to me today about this um, fascinating study. Um, thank you also to Natalie Davis from the SSA for uh, her unheard but incredibly valuable contributions to recording this podcast. Um, thank you um, at home for listening or wherever it is you are listening. Um, I hope you tune into the next uh, SSA podcast as part of the Addictions Edited series. Um, Until then, uh, goodbye.